Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin the Ezz Hashem uh, BPW number 13. That's Bayez Panimi uh, Sheer for Women, Sheer number 13. Today, we're going to go back to the book Marriage Secrets by Leah Richheimer, uh, chapter 6, which he calls The Navigator. A lot is talking about giving up control, um, trying to control the situations, trying to control your husband. And instead allowing things to to be. Um, In order to talk about this chapter, I just want to make two or three introductions um, about this chapter. Because when we talk about not trying to be controlling and allowing your husband uh, to take control over situations and allow him to to do his thing and to uh, not uh, comment on everything and all that, it comes with a little... Uh, resistance and a certain disclaimers. Now, one thing, one disclaimer that she actually mentions in in this chapter, which we'll get to, is we're talking about a couple that's healthy, and obviously we're talking about a husband that's healthy, a husband that could have a lot of flaws, perhaps, but nevertheless is healthy and does not have control issues. You know, is not not an abusive type of person or someone that wants to be controlling and in an excessive way. So we're not talking about such a situation because obviously in those situations, uh, uh, all these things would not apply. Another thing I will say uh, as a disclaimer also that's important as we learn about this is I think she's trying to emphasize a certain point here in general is to uproot the cultural feminist movement um, uh, type of mentality, meaning that in the feminist movement, they put into the heads into many, uh, uh, you know, women that if they are want to serve their husbands or want to be machnia themselves to their husbands, or to uh, to feel that he's a, a protector for them and she looks up to him, they bash all that that notion in a very uh, negative way, and that harmed a lot of marriages. And and she's right about that because some women. Many, many women wives uh, were very, very happy and had very beautiful, happy marriages and are happy with that role to be to 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 serve their husbands and to be a, a wife to their husbands and take pride in that. And uh, and, and they feel all that naturally and Hashem put into their nature naturally. Um, and and the fact that the feminist movement put into a point where that's bad. Why should I, if I see something is working and I want to be that way, why shouldn't I be that way? And certainly when the Chazal encourage a woman to, to, to be that way, uh, there's no reason they, sh- you know, they, they should, they should, they should uh, follow this cultural um, um, feminist movement uh, mentality. So I think a lot of what she's saying in this chapter and in other chapters is to combat that feminist movement mentality. But what sometimes I'm concerned about, and I think others are too, is you just can't take it to the other extreme also. So, for example, and this is the last disclaimer that I'm more or less going to say here as I'm going to start talking about what this chapter is saying, is that um, as we're talking about a woman relinquishing, trying to control things, and allowing her husband being the main person to make decisions in the house, and things like that, that she's going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to mention here uh, something that I gave a share in the main group 
uh, quoting Rav Shimon Grun, who's also on Torah anytime, as this author is, um, in regard to this type of idea. And I'm just going to say that right here also, uh, because I think it's very important. Um, he talks about that there are three aspects in a marriage as far as controlling things and who's in charge of things and those type of aspects. There is something clearly that's a uh, his department, then there's a hers department, and then there's a ours department, both of them. So as an example, and again, this is something that could be talked about by the couple themselves. So for example, though, when it comes to kitchen stuff, for the most part, you know, uh, uh, the meals and the, the menus and how things are set up in the house, uh, it's generally speaking, and again, you could discuss it between yourselves how you feel about it. Generally speaking, it's the wife. It's, she's in the home most of the time, and she cooks and she cleans, that she is the one that really makes these decisions and should make these decisions about what the menus will be like and then where to arrange a couch this way or that way, what color to buy, whatever it is that she should be the one in charge of that. Of course, the husband has a right to have an input in there, and she should listen to his suggestions, and he has a, you know, and it's healthy for him to convey, I like this color, that color, whatever. But ultimately, for the most part, we know that in those realms, usually the woman has the, 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 she's sort of the, the, even though you're going to say that technically in, in a house, the, the husband's the, the boss of the house, quote-unquote, in, in these matters, the woman has the authority because that, that's her realm. And then there's other things like um, um, what uh, shul by a woman, let's say what, uh, a husband, which shul he's going to daven in, as long as the Erl shul, of course. So maybe in uh, some Hasidish circles it's a little different maybe because a shul also represents also a cultural thing or whatever it is. But, but in general, it's, that's more the husband's realm. And then there's things that are both their realms. So... So that's something important to know, that if overall the push comes to shove, when it comes to a real meaningful decision, really the husband should have the final say, and if the wife is not happy with it, she has to discuss it with him. Sometimes they need to ask a shayla, but it's important to have one authoritative voice in the home in some cases, which she's going to convey in this chapter, uh, this, this notion. But that is not exclusive that is not uh you know like with everything and i think shimon grun's approach of recognizing in a marriage and discussing between the both of of them you know and the overall like each one could express an opinion and they need to value each other's opinion and if let's say one of them feels very strongly the opposite way then the husband let's say it's in the woman in the, in the wife's realm it's her uh setup of what couch she wants to buy or where she wants to arrange something. If a husband, for whatever reason, feels very strongly the opposite way, then she should indeed, you know, take some, you know, weight, put some weight to it and take it into serious consideration and the other way around too. But but ultimately it makes sense that in many aspects of marriage, there's, a, there's, a, 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 there's sort of a given realization that the wife is really going to run and be make most decisions and control certain areas in, in the aspects of the family, and the husband will make on his. And then there's certain things that are both, and then there's certain things where ultimately the husband makes that final decision, and, um, and, 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 the, and when, the, when the wife disagrees, how to go about it is, is something to, to be discussed. So the first thing uh, she talks about here 
is not to be addicted to perfectionism. And she says a fascinating thing here. Uh, she brings uh, a case here about someone who wanted to talk to her privately. Uh, uh, name is Chevy, she's saying here, whatever. That's the name she used. That she's a non-practicing attorney. And uh, she heard that Chazal, that, the, that say how much the wives are supposed to treat their husbands with the utmost um, respect. And if she, the wife does that, then the husband will reciprocate. And she had difficulty with about her, knowing her, the ability to do this. Um, she felt that um, her husband was so incompetent in so many areas in life that if she depended on him for anything, her, you know, everything would fall apart. So the author asked uh, the Chevy for examples of this. So Chevy answered that uh, the husband never paid the bills on time, bought a used car that gave him endless trouble, was never punctual, punctual had crazy ideas about how they should run their lives, and he couldn't even uh, change a diaper properly. And so how is she supposed to treat him like a king and with respect if, if he's not capable of doing anything the right way? So the author asked Chevy this question, what kind of work does your husband do? And, and she answered, he's, he's also an attorney. And uh, she asked, is he good at it? And the Chevy answered, yes. Reluctantly, she said, uh, uh, yes, he is good at that. So the author asked her, you know, how is it possible to be a good attorney and be incompetent? And Chevy said, I know you were going to say that. So, uh, you know, but the bottom line is he's an absent-minded professor. He's very smart in some areas, but terrible when it comes to practical daily life issues. So um, the author here is thought about it and told her a story. And this is a story that he, she told uh, the Chevy. She says, I once had a student who couldn't respect her husband because she was a lot smarter than he was. So she had to redo half the things that he did around the house, and he couldn't be counted on for much for anything. And we worked together, and after a lot of soul-searching, she finally realized that it wasn't because she was actually smarter than her husband, but rather she was more aggressive about doing things her way more than her husband was aggressive about doing things his way. And it was more her aggressiveness that was the issue, not necessarily that she was smarter than her husband. And once she realized this, it shocked her. It, it sort of shook her also. And she realized, looking back, that so many years of arguments and being frustrated at her husband and being hostile towards her husband that she blamed her husband for, really, she was responsible for a lot of that, that he was not incompetent. He was deemed incompetent by her because of her perfectionism of doing things her way versus his way. And it was very, very hard for her to accept that. But once she realized that, she realized that her own addiction to perfectionism and for having her way created a big gap in, in her marriage and a separation in her marriage. And um, the author continued talking to this Chevy and saying it like this, that the main example that I remembered is that the wife constantly berates her husband for her, his harsh interaction with their aggressive daughter. So, for example, they had, a, they had a daughter that the husband was tougher on that daughter. And the mother, the wife, disagreed and said, you, you know, you're too, harsh, you're too hard on her. 
And she was confident that if she would have a, you know, that if you would be softer with her, a gentle touch, that would help more. That was the disagreement between the gay and the daughter. Now, as a teenager, so, so the wife was constantly uh, reprimanding the husband. You're too hard on her. You're too hard on her. Cut it out. You know, cut it out and stop that. You have to be softer. You have to let it go. The husband finally relented, obviously, was, you know, you know with all that criticism. And uh, he pulled away. You know, I'll show him by. He pulled away uh, and, and stopped disciplining his daughter. But as a teenager, that daughter's behavior got much worse. So the wife said, looking back, I realize, you know, that if I had allowed my husband to uh, admonish my daughter while she was younger as a child and build my husband up and encourage him, because he wasn't a tyrant. We're not talking about a husband that's a tyrant or over-controlling. It was a father that felt that the daughter needed discipline as a child. And instead of tearing my husband down about it um, and, and allowing him to do his thing, uh, with my daughter at that age, my daughter would be a much better person today. Because my, I realize now how much my daughter did need that stronger hand of that discipline to keep her in check. And me, as a mother, I, I, I forcefully undermined that. So that's what, so anyway, this author's talking to Chevy about this. And the Chevy basically says, you know, you described me to T as well. I had this mamish that situation. My daughter... Uh, was about to be bas mitzvah, and I had the same situation. My husband had a, you know, more disciplinary approach, and I, I didn't. And maybe it's not too late to let my husband take over. So you see here. Uh, so what happened was is that um, from this conversation, the Chevy who he was she was talking to, uh, walked away from the conversation with a determination now to build her husband up, and also to allow him to handle their daughter in the way that now she realized would be good for the daughter and to let go of her own drive for control and for power and by focusing on building him up it would help her get over that habit of tearing him down all the time that would that caused a lot of anguish and disharmony in their relationship Uh, so that's basically the idea that um, she conveys here then she talks about the toxicity toxicity of control you know and again i'm going to make that disclaimer and she mentions it fair enough later also that when she's talking about the wives to give up that unhealthy control it doesn't mean they give up their minds doesn't mean you don't speak your mind and when you feel something's right you speak up to your husband and you express your opinion and you you know you don't you're not just uh what we call a a shmata chalila doesn't mean that but it means that certain things that you knew you, you had that controlling aspects, you give that up. And um, so he talks about how toxic that is. Um, because very often, and if we look about it, we are frustrated a lot about why the day isn't going exactly how we planned or why things are going not exactly the way I want it to happen. And if you think about how many conflicts with our husbands, she says are about what was done in the house or when it was done in the house or how things were done in the house. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of it is, was trivial and, and uh, we think we know the best way to do everything and if the husbands would just do it our way, life would always be better. But when you're preoccupied with having control, 
she's saying, is usually very disastrous for a marriage. She does say, which has certain truth to it, that the males, the men, husbands, by nature, Hashem put it in them to have more, to want to have more control, but teva, you know, by their doing their work and, and doing what they have to do, and whatever it is. Of course, the goal is, Sai husbands and Sai wives, to daven and to work hard to do Arishtadlis, but realize the outcome is all on HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hands. And uh, so even a husband, when he needs to control things, he needs to realize, I'm not controlling anything. I'm just doing my Ishtadlis. Hashem is the one who's controlling everything. But nevertheless, Hashem put it in the teva of a male, of a, of a husband, to want to, you know, be, you know, con- you know, have control over his life. A wife also from time to time. But, but for her more to be, um, you know, softer and, 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 and so on. So she says that control in and of itself is not bad, but it needs a balance. You have to know how to control ourselves, how to manage our lives properly, and to understand how it, how it, how it works. She says that uh, we're not really born as women, she's saying, she's talking to the women, to need control. It's more of a learned trait. What's more important for a wife is that need to connect deeply with people. That's more important than controlling people. I believe that's true with males also, in general, with human nature in general, that the idea of wanting to control another person is very unhealthy. You want to deeply connect with another person. Sometimes you want to influence them. We're going to talk later about beautiful, healthy, practical examples on how to um, influence versus trying to control uh, another person which is very important to learn. And the main key, which he's stressing here, is that um, our, it's part of our innate nature, she's talking to women in particular, to connect, to develop an emotional connection. Therefore, it's very important in the heat of a moment in a marriage to choose connection over control more and more and more often. And... Um, and she, she acknowledges, like, you, you know, you, you women are listening to this year. Some of you may be the types of wives that are, have a personality that you're not, you're not control, controlling at all. You don't fall into the, that category. You're, you are more or less more of a softer, passive nature. And, you know, and then this year won't really resonate with you that much because that's not really your, your, your issue. But then there'll be others of you, if you look deep into yourselves, that you do have this control issue. She acknowledges herself, the author, that, you know, I used to be a control freak. You know, she acknowledges it herself. So the idea, though, is, is if someone has in them that aspect of themselves that they know they have, then you need to learn how to forego that need to control, to forego that need to control your husbands in particular, and, never, and, and, and to replace that with an overabundance of connection. Of becoming wanting to become closer to your husband, and to develop as you give up that control, that unhealthy control, you will have more contentment, more pleasure in the connection of to your husband more than any type of control would would have have you feel, you know, good. And um, any loneliness that you may have had will be replaced by such a closeness between the two when this control is given up. 
She says that there's an inverse relationship between control and connection. The more we try to control our husbands, the less we will be able to connect with our husbands. And the more we let go of the control of our husbands, the closer we will get to our husbands. Till you'll have a, a life of harmony and that he can actually become your true best friend, which is really, really our, you know, the deepest desire of any healthy wife is to be, um, you know, a, a, a have a deep friendship with their husbands. And we will continue on this uh, theme, Be'ez Hashem, in the next year. Brach and